Good morning and welcome to Holy Trinity Platt this Sunday morning. Uh, we're leading our service today. I'm Sarah, the Youth and Children's Minister. And I'm James, one of the curates here. We're a church located just south of Manchester city centre. Manchester is a city of many different nationalities, cultures and experiences of life. And as a church in the city, we're aware of this diversity. We have the joy of welcoming people from different ages and stages, young and old, and from many nations. And throughout lockdown, we've been trying to reflect this in our online services. This morning, you'll see a few members of our church family and hear many of our musicians who have been recording from home during this time. Every one of us has had different life experiences. There'll be things we rejoice in and things we regret. There'll be things that we hope will continue forever and no doubt things that we wish could be different. Whatever our circumstances, it's good to be able to worship together, praising the Lord's name. That God we praise is also the God we have at times turned away from this week. But as we've just sang, eternal are thy mercies, Lord. So let us return to the Lord our God and say to him, Father, we have sinned against heaven and against you. 
We are not worthy to be called your children. We turn to you again. Have mercy on us. Bring us back to yourself as those who once were dead, but now have life through Christ our Lord. Amen. Those words are based on the words of the prodigal son as he prepares to return to his father. And just like the father in that parable, we have a heavenly father who is ready to welcome us with open arms as we return to him. So in that confidence, we pray. May the God of all healing and forgiveness draw us to himself and cleanse us from all our sins that we may behold the glory of his Son, the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This is Amazing Grace.
I'm Manny. Uh, I'm trained as a doctor, but for the last few years, I've been teaching at a local medical school. Uh, I've been coming to Holy Trinity Platt for about 12 years now, and I was married to my wife, Jill, there uh, just over four years ago. These past few months have been pretty eventful for, for all of us, um, but for us, it's been particularly um, challenging, I guess, as uh, a few months ago, my wife gave birth to our daughter, and I enjoyed it. It's been a, a pretty surreal experience, uh, to be honest. Uh, we went from expecting my Nigerian mum and probably an auntie moving in with us by force to uh, completely going it alone. And uh, as new parents, it was pretty terrifying. Uh, it still is, to be honest. Um, added to that, my work situation was uh, a bit in limbo. So um, with teaching at the medical school, um, I had work booked in until the summer, but with lockdown happening, all of that was cancelled um, from the end of March and I didn't know whether I would be paid for that work or not. Um, but uh, praise the Lord that uh, I was furloughed in the end as we were pretty close to a, a, a pretty dire financial situation. Um, so yeah, it's been um, pretty testing uh, adjusting to life with a little one, uh, learning how to be parents, but also how we support each other as a couple. Um, and there's someone wrestling with anxiety and depression. Uh, that's been a particular challenge um, as our world has suddenly become much smaller. Uh, we live in Mosside, just south of the city centre, uh, about seven minutes walk to church on a good day. Um, and one of the things we've been really thankful for is that our church family and the local community have been so supportive uh, to us and have really loved us during this time. Our church brought around meals for us to have uh, every night for the first month uh, she was born. Um, our neighbours have uh, given us gifts, they've given us baby toys and and we've really felt um, very loved despite the lockdown. Um, looking to September, I start a new job as an anatomy demonstrator for a year as I work towards uh, going back into clinical practice. Uh, I'm excited for the role. Um, it will look uh, quite a bit different to the job I applied for uh, as um, with coronavirus, things will have to change and there'll be a lot more Zoom teaching um, as has become the norm. Um, but despite that, like I say, I'm really excited um, for what September will bring. Although aware that will also bring some challenges with me working from home but not being able to support Joe with Amaya Joy as I have been these last few months. Um, slightly anxious that we'll feel uh, a little bit more isolated than we have, especially not knowing whether uh, baby and parent classes will start up that Joe might be able to attend during the day. Um, despite the, the challenge and the change, um, one of the things that has really steadied us is knowing that the Jesus we believe in will never change. And by his spirit, he is present with us always. Um, 
despite what it sometimes feel like, feels like, uh, we know that we are never truly alone, that uh, the grace of the Lord Jesus is uh, sufficient for us, even in our weakness. And we are encouraged that he has placed around us a great church family and a vibrant community who help to remind us of those truths. We're going to join together and affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Though he was divine, he did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a slave. He was born in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has raised him on high and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every voice proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Yeah.
The Old Testament reading is from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. The gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 to 28. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have the in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? 
for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How do we find a true and meaningful life? One of my vivid memories of my secondary school days is the teacher who first suggested to me that I should think about going to university. I was a mixed race kid from a school where university wasn't what you did. And he gave me a real sense that I could do something with my life. And it really stayed with me. And through my university days, I asked myself a lot, uh, what is a meaningful life? What do I want to do or to be? Many students will be starting here in Manchester in the next few weeks, and they'll come with that same question. What is a meaningful life? Many people will arrive here starting new jobs or new stages of life. What will count as a significant life? And for all of us, with COVID-19 ever present at the moment, as we head into this autumn, what will make for a meaningful life? I think it's one of the most important questions we carry with us. So how much more important is the question, what does God think makes for a meaningful life? That's what I want to talk about from our gospel reading today. In Matthew's account of Jesus's life, this is a key turning point in the story. His followers have just come to the realization that Jesus is the Messiah, the longed for promised king. So what happens in this passage here really jars with what's come up until this point. You can see it in three short steps. First, Jesus says he's a king who's going to die. He says he will suffer many things and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. So right after they've just worked out who the Messiah is and that it's Jesus, Jesus says, yes, I'm a king, but I'm a king who is going to die. I've not come to achieve a military victory. I've come to give up my life. Now, this really doesn't fit their expectations. And so second, Peter says, no way, that can't happen. It's a really strong way he puts it. You can imagine him. He says, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Peter was one of those looking for the Messiah King, a, a king, a leader who would bring restoration and justice and freedom. It's as if the leader that you put all your hope in said, I must lose the election. The leader you'd invested all your time and energy in saying, I must be defeated. Now, if this isn't going the way Peter expected, that's not even the worst of it. In the final part of the story, Jesus broadens it out. Jesus says, Peter, you're wrong. And even more than that, anyone who wants truly to live needs to give up their life and follow me. He says it in those words, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The people who took up crosses in the ancient world were those who were going to die. And then comes Jesus' clincher. This means you too, Peter. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Why is Jesus saying all of this? Jesus is saying we can search and search for significance and even seemingly get it in this life and yet find that it's not enough. There's a book by the writer David Brooks and it's called The Second Mountain. He uses the image of climbing a mountain as a picture of us trying to make something of our lives. So we work hard at jobs and careers, at relationships, at achievements. That's our first mountain. But, he says, people often get to the top of that mountain and they realise that it's not enough. They realise that life isn't just how much money or how many houses or certificates or promotions that you've achieved or accumulated. And he says, that's when people realise there is a second mountain, one where meaning comes not from self-interest, but from serving others, from giving away what you have to benefit more than just you. That's when people often change direction, he says, begin looking for a greater cause or a community to serve. And when they do, they begin to find out who they are meant to be. Now, what he's getting at, I think, really resonates with what Jesus is saying here. To find meaning, we have to look beyond ourselves. Jesus says the way to find true life is to give it away to him. If I can put it this way, Jesus is an even greater mountain. He's the greatest person you can give yourself away to. Now, why is that? Because, he says, the very reason I came was to give myself away for you. I was willing to give up everything because you are precious to me. So when we give our life to him, he's already more committed to us than we can ever imagine. We're coming to the one who truly knows us and knows what we might be. I had a little glimpse of it in that former teacher of mine who cared about where my life was going and what I might be. Jesus says, I want something for you that will last, not just in this life, but into eternity. The way to find true life is to give it away to Jesus.
Normally at this time of year, I'd be busy planning for a new term, writing dramas, choosing songs, planning a youth weekend away. But as things are, the future's looking uncertain. We're not sure when and how we'll be able to do all the things we'd like to, and that's really hard. Before lockdown, we had children's groups that met on a Sunday during the service, a busy toddler group and midweek groups that all met in the building. When we couldn't meet in person, we, like everybody else, didn't want to lose contact with people, so we had to rethink. On a Sunday, we have all of our different groups, from two and a half year olds right up to adults, looking at the same part of the Bible. We call it whole church curriculum. And so during lockdown, we've sent out sheets each week, tailored to the different ages for them to do with their families at home. It's not easy, but it's been encouraging to hear from families how these have helped them to stay engaged as they watch online. We decided to do our toddler group on Zoom, which has been fun. Uh, we have a Bible story and a song time each week, uh, and then we send out a craft idea. It's been a lovely way to stay connected. The children and the parents have enjoyed seeing each other and showing us their crafts and various toys and joining in with the singing. With our midweek groups, we've sent out activities to those in primary school, and our 11 to 14 and our 14 to 18 groups have met together on Zoom. Uh, the games we've played have had to change quite a lot as we've had to find things that work on screen. And one of our favourites has been the bring me game where we give them a strange item and they have to run around their houses and be the first one to bring it back to show everyone. It's been great to be able to see them each week. We've enjoyed staying in touch and being able to laugh and chat and learn together. Uh, last term we looked at the story of Joseph from Genesis. And it was helpful to see how God worked through some pretty horrible things for Joseph and to be reminded of his sovereignty in all things. Now we're looking forward. Technology has been great, but it doesn't work for everyone. And it's not even close to being the same as meeting together in person. We'd much rather be able to meet face to face, but we'll have to see what autumn brings. Over the last few months, it's been great to be reminded that God is still ruling his world. After all that happens to him, Joseph tells his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. We might not understand all that's going on, but we can be sure that God's got it all in his hands. And that's a great help and comfort as September comes. As we start this new term, let us come to our Heavenly Father in prayer. And we begin our prayers with the prayer for today. God of constant mercy, who sent your Son to save us, remind us of your goodness, increase your grace within us, that our thankfulness may grow. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord God, our Maker and our Redeemer, we lift our eyes to you in prayer and praise. We praise you for all our spiritual blessings in the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he will return again in glory and on that day he will make everything new. And until that day, help us to continually take up our crosses and follow Christ. Grow in us by your spirit a deeper and wider love for you and an increasing desire to serve and worship our Lord Jesus. May our churches be shining lights and loving examples of the faith we profess. And will you bring us from every tribe, tongue and nation to that day when we gather around your throne in endless worship of you through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Amen. Loving Father, we thank you for this holiday season. As children, young people and teachers return to schools and colleges this week, comfort those who are nervous about returning. Help those starting new schools to settle quickly and give an infectious joy to those excited to go back. Give wisdom too to teachers, admin staff and all making plans for pupils to return. May it be a safe and enjoyable start to this new term. And we pray all that too for all preparing to begin or return to university and for those returning to workplaces they may not have been to for a while. Father, at this time of new starts, may we know your unchanging love and faithfulness to us, and may we rest in your promises. Amen. Almighty God, creator of the world, sustainer of life, we thank you for our world and praise you for your kindness and your goodness to us. Please bring hope and comfort at this time to all those affected by COVID-19, by unrest, by grief, by persecution, or by poverty. Give wisdom and humility to leaders trying to navigate these issues and help us to love our neighbours. We particularly pray for those known personally to us who are suffering in mind, body or spirit. You are the Lord of all healing and comfort. So please may these people know your peace and your presence at this time. May you draw close to them, showing them the hope available through our Lord Jesus Christ. And for all of us, assure us of your love, empower us by your Spirit, and may we fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus, who is alive and reigns with you now and forever. Amen. We conclude our prayers by saying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Our final hymn helps us to fix our vision and our life on that God who gave himself for those he loves. Let's sing this together.
Thank you for joining us this morning. Now let's pray as we draw our service to a close. The love of the Lord Jesus draw us to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen us in his service. The joy of the Lord Jesus fill our hearts and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Amen.